Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Throughout the season of Lent, we have considered vices, virtues, and vows. We started out the season of Lent talking about the vice of pride. And we've, along the way, looked at greed and sloth, gluttony, lust, envy. And now we come to wrath. Wrath is not a word I use in my daily life. Depending on the translation of the Bible you use, you may come across the word wrath in Scripture. Here at First United Methodist Church of Orlando, wrath is not really something we talk about often in worship. But maybe perhaps only on Good Friday. What is wrath? Is it one of those emotions that you know it, when you see it, you know it, when you feel it. According to the dictionary, wrath is extreme anger. It's strong, stern, fierce anger. Synonyms include rage, fury. Wrath includes elements of contempt, disgust, dehumanization, and hatred. Doctors John and Julie Gottman, they teach about contempt. And while their work focuses on usually couples and romantic relationships, I think what they have to say about contempt really includes all human interactions. For them, contempt says, I'm better than you, and you are lesser than me. When you communicate with contempt, the results can be cruel. Treating others with disrespect and mocking them with sarcasm and condescension are forms of contempt. So are hostile humor, name-calling, mimicking, and body language such as eye-rolling and sneering. In whatever form, contempt is poisonous because it conveys disgust and superiority. Philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer says, contempt is the unsullied conviction of the worthlessness of another. Contempt is wrathful because it says, I am better than you and you are worthless. And so that means I can treat you and speak to you in whatever way I want, because you do not matter. When we think about disgust, we may often go ahead and already wrinkle our noses or think of words like ooh or yuck. Disgust makes us sick to our stomachs. Whatever we find to be disgusting, whatever foods taste or smell disgusting, we avoid 
we put it at arm's length. Once something is determined to be disgusting, it's always disgusting. There's very little change of heart and mind. Emotions researcher Paul Ekman defines disgust this way. He says, disgust arises as a feeling of aversion towards something or someone offensive. Disgust leads to wrath because if I find someone disgusting, I don't want anything to do with that person. I wanted that person to be as far away from me as possible. That person makes me sick. Professor Michelle Mays defines dehumanization as the, as the psychological process of demonizing the enemy, making them seem less than human and not worthy of humane treatment. Dehumanization works when we create moral exclusion, when we say that people are less than, criminal, or even evil because of their identity their gender, ideology, skin color, ethnicity, religion, age, or sexuality. And because of their identity, they are, no, they are therefore no longer protected by human moral code. Dehumanization leads to wrath because if people are no longer seen as human beings, then they can be treated with anger and rage because they are other. If they're not seen as human, then they have no human rights. And finally, we get to hate. Hatred combines anger, contempt, disgust, and fear. And hatred leads to destructive action. Dr. Brene Brown says that the goal of hate is not merely to hurt, but to ultimately eliminate or destroy, either mentally, socially, or physically, which may be accompanied by the goal to let the wrongdoer suffer. The goals of hate and wrath are the same. Hatred and wrath want the wrongdoer to suffer and to die for who they are or for what they have done or for some combination of identity and behavior. Good Friday is the perfect day to talk about wrath. For it is on this day that Jesus Christ willingly and sacrificially carried the weight of the world's wrath. We've seen elements of this wrath already in the scripture passages that we have heard this evening. People saw themselves as better than Jesus and that Jesus was less than them. Jesus was treated with contempt when they mocked him as king of the Jews and said, Christ, save yourself. If you are really the Christ, you will come down off that cross and save yourself. Jesus disgusted people. 
Jesus associated with sinners and the unclean and all sorts of riffraff at the bottom of society. Jesus disgusted people because he healed on the Sabbath and dared to talk with Samaritans. Jesus disgusted people because he proclaimed that the kingdom of God was near. And he did not deny when he was called the Son of God. Jesus disgusted people. And so they found a way to sentence him to die. Some people saw Jesus as less than human because he was not a Roman citizen. Others saw Jesus as subhuman because he was not a priest or a scribe, a Pharisee or Sadducee. Some may have saw Jesus as subhuman because he was a carpenter from the backwoods of Nazareth who hung around with tax collectors and fishermen and women. Jesus was dehumanized, stripped of his clothing, beaten, nailed to a cross, and left to die. And perhaps we can sense the hatred that was put on Jesus when we heard the crowd say, crucify, crucify, when they chose to release Barabbas, a known rioter and murderer, and instead wanted Jesus to die. And through it all, with all of that contempt and disgust and dehumanization and hatred that was thrown at Jesus, what did he do? Well, in the words of the African-American spiritual, he never said a mumbling word. No, Jesus never said a mumbling word. In contrast to the vice of wrath, Jesus demonstrates the virtue of meekness. Now, let me tell you, meekness is not weakness or submission to the evils of abuse. Meekness is not resignation to the way that the world is. Meekness does not believe the lies that come along with contempt and dehumanization. Meekness is a commitment to patience, humility, and love. Meekness chooses gentleness and peace. Meekness knows its worth and refuses to accept anything less than full human dignity and equal worth. Meekness notices injustice and calls for justice. Meekness is a stubborn refusal to play by the rules of the wrathful. Meekness does not denigrate the dignity and the worth of others. Meekness finds beauty and diversity and appreciates the gifts of others. Meekness knows when to speak and when to stay silent and how to listen. Meekness knows the truth and lives by the truth. 
Meekness stands with the vulnerable and the oppressed. Meekness risks its own standing, its own reputation, perhaps even its own safety for the sake of others. Meekness is not weakness. Far from it. Theologian N.T. Wright says that the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, describe Jesus' death on the cross in terms of someone embodying the love of God himself, acting as the personal expression of that love all the way to his death. Meekness is embodied love. Meekness is the way of our crucified Savior. Sometimes it's easy to look at other people and to notice when they are wrathful. It's easy for me to say that the folks were wrathful when they shouted out, crucify, crucify. It's easy for me to see politicians arguing with one another and refusing to make any change on behalf of their constituents. It's easy for me to look at that and say that's wrathful. It's easy for me to look around and see politicians and lawmakers enacting laws that take away the rights and dignity of my fellow citizens. It's easy for me to look at that and say that that's wrathful. But it's a lot harder for me to look at myself and to consider when have I been wrathful? We have been wrathful when we have thought ourselves to be smarter and more sophisticated than others. We have been wrathful when we have mocked others for getting it wrong because, you know, we never get it wrong. We have been wrathful when we have assumed motives and values and the words and actions of other people. We have been wrathful when we have taunted others and name-called. We have been wrathful when we have not stopped other people from using dehumanizing language. We have been wrathful when we have perpetuated stereotypes and lies. We have been wrathful when we have dehumanized our enemies. We have been wrathful when we have withheld our forgiveness. We have been wrathful when we have waited to love others until they have been found worthy to receive our love. On this Good Friday, the good news is that God forgives all of our wrath and invites us to a better way of life. God invites us to turn away from the vice of wrath and to embrace the virtue of meekness. On this Good Friday, you are invited to confess to God all of the ways that you have been wrathful. You are invited to take up the vow of writing a letter to God. And in this letter, as you write to God, maybe asking God for forgiveness. And you may find yourself asking God 
to help you forgive someone that you have not forgiven yet. In this letter, ask God for the grace to forgive and for the meekness to love another person. On the cross, Jesus Christ willingly and sacrificially carried the weight of the world's wrath. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, he was oppressed and tormented, but didn't open his mouth. Like a lamb being brought to slaughter, like a ewe silent before her shearers, he didn't open his mouth. Due to an unjust ruling, he was taken away. In his fate, who will think about it? He was eliminated from the land of the living, struck dead because of my people's rebellion. His grave was among the wicked, his tomb with evildoers. Though he had done no violence and had spoken nothing false. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.